I know the hero never believes it first. If they did, it wouldn't be a very good story. Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably Ever After! The podcast brought to you by wine. <laughs> <laughs> and your pretty friend. <laughs> and your pretty friend. Across the table from me is Mads. And across from me is Elaine. You can't see that because it's a podcast. It's an audio medium. So today we're going to talk about uh, episode two of Once Upon a Time, The Thing You Love Most. So right at the top, Elaine, if you could give us a, a summary of this episode. Here is the basic plot. <laughs> I love the, the, the paper noises. I am trying so to make way fewer paper noises. <laughs> and I was hoping I was leaving you a blank space to cut. Here is the basic plot. Emma's decision to stay in Storybrooke has awoken more than just the clock tower. Frustrated by her son's sudden devotion to his birth mother and the pages that are missing from the back of his book, Regina's vengeful side comes out in full force as she and Emma trade barbs to prove their relentlessness against one another. After framing Emma to have her arrested again, Regina proposes a truce as a ruse to manipulate Emma into admitting that Henry's ideas seem crazy, which he overhears. After a pep talk with Mary Margaret, who Henry thinks is Snow White, Emma is able to regain Henry's trust by promising to see Operation Cobra through burning the missing pages. And that's just the present day stuff that doesn't include Mr. Gold. Yes. We were talking about this before we started recording and I said, okay, we got to save that uh, because we both have very different interpretations of this episode. Like for me, I, I felt like the critical plot for the overarching season is actually what's happening in the Enchanted Forest. And, and I agree that that plot is very important, but as backstory to Regina's motivations in the present. Yeah, fair, fair. Like while we were watching, I was really enjoying Emma and Regina's uh, Tom and Jerry skit like a cat we'll, we'll get to the chainsaw in a second. oh my gosh i i loved the back and forth and the repetition of the phrase your move your move i was like watching and i was like they fight they fight they fight they fight they fight 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 yeah so this is our second episode of once and and right away we're gonna jump into regina's backstory but the episode opens sort of where the first episode ended, which is to show us that the clock tower has moved forward. The clock tower moves forward and Disney gives us their provincial life. Everyone yes. opening everything in the morning. It's very small town. Everyone walking and smiling at each other. It's it's Maine. So it's like instead of a bonjour, it's a, oh, hi. <laughs> I do have a correction from last episode. Remember, oh, yeah. we couldn't remember the big city. It is Boston. It they is. They mentioned Boston, Boston several times in here. Yes. The big city was not in New York, it was Boston. Boston. Um, so yeah, so we get this, it's really well choreographed because it's like almost only one shot of, you know, we get the police car going through. We don't see our darling, handsome Graham. Graham. He has the most boy eyelash, havingest boy. I like his little tight vest. His little tight vest little under tight his vest. leather jacket. I like his little tight jacket. Um... <laughs> 
But yeah, so we get this nice pan across. Personally, I am living for uh, when we see Red in her party city slutty Red Riding Hood outfit and her very obvious red clip-in hair extensions. I love those red clip-in hair extensions. They're like a different length and a different color, and I'm just like, I don't care. I got my hair dyed intentionally to look like that for a little while, if you remember me from 2011. I do, and... It was cute on me, though. It was super cute. The plot of the episode really opens with Regina having recovered the book. She's reading it. On this beautiful little chaise lounge sofa thing in this long house robe with like a silk button down shirt under it. It's super great. Uh, her her pajamas are nicer than literally anything I own. Same. I just want to like backpedal. You said chaise lounge. I was listening to an audiobook and they were reading and they said chaise long. And I'm like, have I been saying this wrong the whole time? Or are they just like way too pretentious i don't know now i'm (laughs) questioning everything right like i was a french minor for a while i always hate when i hear something's pronounced a different way and i'm like am i wrong i'm gonna say it's still chaise because there's an e at the end of that that means the s is pronounced yeah but i mean we've gotten into like regionalisms before where it's like (laughs) sorry i made a visible gag reflex motion when that happened I, I grew up in a place where we called them sodas. And when I moved here and everyone just said Coke no matter what, I was very confused. I'm very confused on that as well because my mama said pop. Pop. And she was a Cajun Cajun. She was a Gidry Cajun. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm lost. So we get, uh, we get Regina looking at the book and she discovers that pages are missing. And she like marches her way into Henry's room holds the book up into the mirror, which is a, it's a really well-framed shot. I want to say it because like we get them both looking into the mirror so that we have nice framing of her with the ripped up pages against Mm -hmm. Henry's head going the missing pages. He's like, it's an old book. Pages go missing. What do you care? Cause he's a sassy 10 year old boy. He's such a turd in this scene. He's such a turd in this scene. So he's so awful. Like, I, I get it. I we, get it. We but. have noted, every time we have watched this, together and separate, we all noted the bad line of this scene is, I care because you think I'm some evil queen. That hurts me, Henry. I'm your mother. And Henry, very matter-of-factly, just calmly states, No, you're not. <gasps> and not even that sassy. Yeah. He doesn't even say it as sassy as Mads just said. Yeah, he's just like, No, you're not. I'm like, Ugh. Oh, and I'm so mad because that reinforces the negative stereotypes once again that they have towards adoption. Uh, And then she hears the clock toll for the first time. Yeah. And that's what breaks up the conversation. That's what breaks the conversation. And uh, we get a very brief scene of her like in the clock square, seeing it move forward. And and, uh, this gets into a thing we we started talking about, which I want to address right away. Um, Elaine had asked me, do you think that Lana, at this stage of the show. You calling her Lana? (laughs) (laughs) the character or the actor the the actress the The actress actress knows (laughs) do you think uh at this stage of the show is the audience meant to know that regina is aware this is a construct well it's 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 not even is the audience meant to know is the question that i was left because it's been a long time since i've watched the show in its entirety so i don't exactly remember the end of this season i remember some of the end of this season but i don't remember if we're supposed to think that she actually remembers her time in the Enchanted Forest, or if she has also lost her memory like everyone else. In this episode, I still can't tell. 
I I personally have a very like really early on I was like oh she remembers even my first watch through mm-hmm. because of some stuff we'll talk about in a minute she she quickly cuts away from that we've got her at Emma's bed and breakfast apartment at, at grandma's at granny oh god the honey crisp apple scenario oh my god look we know our apples we know our apples and she she comes in with this freaking basket of red delicious apples they're obviously red delicious like they red delicious apples film well Mm -hmm. they're very bright and red and they're what characteristically look like the storybook red apple and they taste like trash yeah and they're i mean if you if if you're a if you're an apple aficionado um, i have been to an orchard that grows honey, honey crisp apples apple. in michigan yeah. Ooh. it's one of the first things i uh when i met my partner i was like super broke and this is kind of like a weird story but uh i was super broke i was waiting tables and so i didn't need a lot of like fresh produce and instead of like flowers or candy he would get me like fresh fruit and it was always like a really sweet pun uh it was a really sweet gift and i always enjoyed it and uh, one of the first things he got me was a bushel of honey crisp apples so i'm just like that's not honey crisp that is our fruit <laughs> like, i mean i mean what i will say is the writers had it right the honey yeah. crisp are the superior apple yes they're the best unfortunately uh, the props department disagreed disagree. and maybe the director maybe yeah, the yeah. the props department was like People are going to know. Look. I love this that is, we're complaining so long about these apples. I know. But this is Once Upon a Time, and attention to detail is not the show's strong suit. No, they're focused on beautiful cinematography. Yes. And making making Lana look beautiful in every scene she's in. in. Every scene she's in. Also, speaking of looking beautiful, Emma's makeup is dramatically different than episode one. I don't know if she has a new team or they decided they wanted to soften her look. It's a lot softer. It's a lot more natural looking, even though it's definitely a lot more makeup and she looks great. I was definitely uh, jealous because I have also gone places and didn't expect to stay overnight and had to wear the same clothes over and over. But my hair never curled itself with a barrel iron overnight without me bringing one. Right? (laughs) Very jealous. Like... Like... I understand, like, you can wash your clothes in your room and your sink and whatever. You can do that. It happens. But my hair, like, my hair is beautiful today. I curled it yesterday, and it is, like, these beautiful soft curls today. They do not look fresh. Yeah, no, Elaine looks amazing. Uh, If you follow us on Twitter, at StorybrookePod, you'll see that Elaine came dressed as regina's office because it's it's one of the most beautiful things in the show and i have a sweater that sort of looks like it so. yes meanwhile i threw on a wrinkled skirt and a t-shirt and uh took a shower as she was driving up so <laughs> but you're effortless so it's okay that is part of my charm yeah so <laughs> anywho um we have this really heated exchange between the two of them to which lana says you did it again regina so we have this really heated exchange between the two of them. And at the end of which, Regina says, you have no idea what I'm capable of. And we get a nice, we don't hear it, but for anyone who's watched Lost, you kind of expect to hear that plane engine noise of that. <laughs> and we've cut back to the wedding. My favorite scene of the pilot. Yes. Hey! (laughs) The thing I noticed from this one is the sword followed her through the poof. Yes. He almost got her. He almost got her. Uh, 
Yeah, the sword followed her through the poof, which is it's a nice little detail. It's also the page she was looking at at the opening of the episode. She was looking at the sword flying at herself. She and has a beautiful have, ponytail, angry ponytail flick. And if we didn't mention it in episode one, or if I cut it, it needs to be said again. Lace bangs! Lace bangs! Lace bangs! Lace bangs! I love the lace bangs! I love bangs. lace as bangs. Oh, and she uh, rocks it this whole episode. It's amazing. Though as as rough and goofy as I felt the, the, the long delay between hey sword throw, and the fact that this is your second episode, you have a lot to crunch in, why not cut that a little shorter? Like, why not cut that beat just so it's a little less freaking goofy? <laughs> He was so goofy. You know what? Yeah. That's part of his charm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we get to see Regina's support team for the first time. As opposed to Faceless Knights, we see someone who, at this point in the show, um, if you haven't watched it before, he seems like her butler. And he's very dedicated and doting, and I like his huge brooch. I love her butler. He is the most reasonable person this whole episode. He's like yeah. the most calm and grounded and obviously supportive person out of anyone in this show. He offers her a drink. She says, do I look like I need a drink? And the answer was a silent yes, but yes. he still brought it just yeah. in case. You know? Yeah. And then we get introduced to the first black character in the history of this show. We sure do, Disney. What did we do? We uh, had a black man who is turned into a literal object. Oh, and Disney. owned by a white woman. Oh, Disney. Diversity wins. Has he given a name? Not yet. No. <laughs> uh, but he's amazing. He is amazing in the show. He's amazing in the uh, mirror. <laughs> uh, Giancarlo Esposito, I think is the actor's name. He was in Breaking Bad. He's he's so good in everything he does. Um, I, I just watched the second season of The Boys on Amazon. He's so good in that. He plays this uh, very... Um, cutthroat businessman and he's oh, he's, he's so great good at that at like that. not to top typecast this guy but he's very good as a uh, as a as a dangerous businessman i see it so we reference her and the dark curse we're told that regina traded away the dark curse i don't recall if we're told what she traded it she, away not for. till later we yeah I, you traded the dark curse she won't be happy to see you and yeah. Then comes the line, since when do I care about anyone's happiness other than mine? Said right in her butler's face. Right in his, right in his face. So they head to the Forbidden Fortress. They head to the Forbidden Fortress. I gotta say, I feel like this scene only exists so that we can introduce that Maleficent exists. And that they're and, friends. That they're friends and that we can show that Regina will stab anyone in the back. There are some digs about age in this one that don't quite play out because these two actresses are beautiful. And yes, one is older than the other. And I only know that because I have seen her in True Blood. Okay. I, I God, I cannot remember the actress's name. She played Pam in True Blood. She's one of my favorite characters on True Blood. She's amazing. I love this actress. She's like so sassy and like snarky and mean. And I love her character. And that's just from True Blood. The makeup and costuming department on this show did her so dirty. They did her so dirty. wrong. They did this, her so wrong. This, this neutral-ish lip that she's wearing is, personally, I consider it a hate crime. <laughs> I think it was, it's homophobic. Um, it's transphobic. It's, it's, uh, 
It's awful. It's it's misogynist. What they did to her is cruel. And I, and the magenta dress that she's in, it's like a it's I, like a mo. It's oof. you know, I got some I got some issues with how the um they have tried to reimagine Maleficent in the few years, and I have not seen those movies, so please don't at me. Um, uh, we should watch those and record it as a bonus episode. When we do bonus episodes, it'll be the Maleficent movies. I haven't seen them yet. Now let me just say, Angelina Jolie as Maleficent looks the part yes this beautiful blonde lady has the right attitude but they softened maleficent so much they softened her too much she's supposed to be a fake queen like she like she's supposed to be an unseely queen she looks like a princess fairy yeah she looks like a princess fairy in this and they they trade barbs about this is where we find out what she traded the curse for she traded the dark curse for the sleeping curse Yes. Which will, I, may I just say, bad trade. Bad trade. Good continuity Good to continu- show us where Snow's sleeping curse came from. Yeah, because we use that in two different That's a tales. love trade. You that's traded a, the darkest of all curses for like um, like a power nap. Uh, yeah, it's a bad. And it wasn't, even, it wasn't even the same sleeping curse that she used on Sleeping Beauty, which has been established, has already happened in, yeah. this, in, in this timeline. That, it's, it's already happened and failed it's already happened and failed for the same reason yep. true love's kiss we do get a nice note yes from, i'm from, coming to this from regina that that snows yeah go ahead so, so maleficent's like oh she's married oh that's where your favorite line of oh i bet you know you know i need her to suffer well she's not suffering now it's her wedding night after all <laughs> and then and then maleficent says hey isn't she about the same age that you were when you were supposed to be married? And that Snow White ruined it all. And that's when we, f- and then she comes, she comes back with, yeah, about the same age you were when Sleeping Beauty did you over, basically. So we've established both of those have happened, but we've also established an actual plot. Thank God. An actual revenge plot. Something so much better than, she thought I was prettier than her. So she poisoned an apple. <laughs> An yeah. actual revenge plot. So we get some good stuff out of this rough scene in which we put this horrible lipstick on Maleficent. And I normally love stacked wigs, but these wigs don't match, don't stack well. <laughs> They're different hair colors. And her crown headpiece is crooked. I, I, I was like, it's like I weird in her face. It's and messing up her bangs. It, it bothered me so much. I was just like, she looks rough. Like, turn into a dragon. You'll look way hotter. I just revealed a lot about myself. I love it. Hey, we we used used to watch that together. It's fine. So it's revealed that the Dark Curse, which she traded for this already proven bad, already not a good sleeping curse, is hidden. Hidden. I'm putting hidden in air quotes. You can't see it because it's audio. Hidden in the top of Maleficent's staff in an orb. So she keeps it with her at all times, and that's fine. And yeah. she has a uh, pet unicorn pony. Yes, that has helped comfort her in through all her failings. I I do appreciate the uh, fantasy world version of get a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like she's like let your grief go. Don't worry about vengeance. The dark curse is too much. Get a pet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's really big. it's like you know what would help you get a cat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna say we're kind of witches. Get a cat. Actually, Lana would probably do better with a dog because she's got control issues. Dogs are obedient. 
they're loyal. Cats you teach didn't... you about consent because the cat tells you they don't want your attention. Lana would not be able to deal with that. You did it again. I will keep doing it. Uh, Mads keeps referring to Regina as Lana today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she's gorgeous, so I she's get it. She's gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> so this starts is like, uh, oh, I keep this orb hidden for the good of all, old friend. Whoever created that monstrosity makes the two of us look positively moral. Who did give it to you? We don't know because we go into witch fight. Witch fight. CGI witch fight. It's not great. It's disappointing. I do like when Regina does, uh, it's one of my favorite Buffy moments, when Willow pulls uh, a bag out and then we go back into knives shoot out of it. They're like, bag of tricks, bag of knives. (laughs) She does the same thing with a convenient array of halberds. As one keeps in your dark castle. I mean, if I had a dark castle, I would have an array of halberds. I mean, that's from the cartoon. From the cartoon. That's, you know, she had all those things from all the little minions she had that failed. So, yeah. But, uh, here, the, I I figured out we only introduced sweet little Unipony so that it could be killed. So that it could be Threatened. threatened. Yes. And that would be Maleficent's downfall because, and she says right here, love is weakness, Maleficent. I thought you knew that. If you're going to kill me, kill me. Why would I do that? You're my only friend. Her only friend. Oh, no. Now we know how cutthroat Regina is. Yeah. We do, have a, we do have a line that gets repeated here that Butler says later. Yes. Th- that is, um, this power comes with a toll too high. It'll leave you with a void that you will never be able to fill. I... Yeah, I think they underestimate the power of getting a cat and eating a lot of cheese, but... Well, she obviously did, because instead, she adopted. Are you comparing to adoption to getting a pet? No, I'm just saying that's what Regina (laughs) did. Oh, yeah, no, that also tracks for her. Don't you try to drag me. (laughs) (laughs) Elaine, I'm canceling you here and now. Two episodes in, I'm already canceled. Two episodes in, I'm already canceled. I guess you're going to just do this with Corey now? Uh, No, I, uh, I've been trying to be canceled for years. I'm looking forward to the freedom of being canceled. Corey, we love you. Yes. <laughs> Our first and, and, and most loving fan, Corey, thank you for pushing us to do this show. <laughs> I'm doing heart hands. Yes. So now we've talked about this scene that we both disliked for like 15 minutes. Let's get these generic. <laughs> so cut to the uh, fireside chat with the evilest evil villains of the Enchanted Forest who later in the franchise will be forgotten completely. Except for one. Except well, later one. in the, yes, yes. One makes a cameo yes. in this very episode. In this Actually, very in, episode. The, in the next scene. In the next scene. But uh, I do love that the makeup in this scene ranges from amazing, creepy, crusty, sewn-up eyes. To Party City. Great. To, yeah, the pubiest-looking <laughs> fake beard I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know a better way to describe it. It's what it looks like. It looks like it looks like a very thin bush. It yeah. looks bad. It looks crunchy and it's rough. So we are enacting the dark curse. She threatens everyone with CGI vines, and everyone cuts their hair and they throw it into the fire, and the smoke comes up. Oh well, with what her her big sacrifice. Oh, like, yes. Her this big curse, sacrifice. This curse requires that you sacrifice the heart of the thing you love most. So she 
goes and slaughters her prized childhood steed, who is this magnificent beast that she lo- was loved, loved and was devoted to. Yeah, and she, she she talks about her pro- her uh, prized stallion, and then I'm like, Graham's not even here yet. <laughs> and so she throws it in the fire, and we see this like smoke tornado come up, and then it error noise. It's so sad it just well i mean it's it's great because this is a dark curse of uh unimaginable evil but it is kind of like a little yeah so this evil gnome who's the most evil of evil these evil things he's an evil gnome he's very small he mocks her failure and is turned to stone which we then get our nice uh fun scene transition to which i wrote the bee found him in storybrook and put him in her damn garden. It's a level of petty that I respect and admire. And that's that's where my question came. I was like, wait, does she remember? Or did she just find this gnome? I was like, oh, that's where he goes. It's been well established. Anytime a woman on television does something like straight up sociopathic, my gay self is like, yes, get it. <laughs> you go, queen. Like, you do this. I I'm stand. Like, it's true. <laughs> So she's picking apples from an obviously fake tree. Oh, those leaves are so bad. They they're, were, they're... they looked like, they, I, we used to do a lot of like theater and they are the leaves that you buy to make fake trees. Yeah, I don't think these are, uh, this is uh, an HD ready scene. They were not high quality. Like they were, they were that, that glossy waxy that don't look like apple leaves. Yeah, if we were, uh, this would look great. On my 14-inch TV that was sitting in the kitchen, uh, four by three. It was a different time. But, I mean, it's 2011. Widescreen was the primary format. We were watching most stuff in HD at this point. Was the news HD in 2011? I'm sure it was. You're right. So it's just like, what were y'all doing? I mean, we learned why this tree had to be fake in a little bit, but (laughs) it looks rough. So this is when we meet Magic Mirror in the New Times. Yeah, he comes in. The mirror strikes again. The mirror is the name of the newspaper. <laughs> we still don't have a name for the only black character on the show. <laughs> Headline, stranger destroys historic sign, alcohol involved, and a mugshot that they must have taken while she was unconscious because as we stated last episode, she woke up in a jail cell after falling unconscious in a car accident. So instead of bringing her to a hospital, they propped her up in front of the thing and took her mugshot. Well, yeah, like, she was not conscious. Where did we get this mugshot? Ethics. Ethics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We do We do eventually name him uh, it- after calling him useless and uh, yeah. he's excused from the scene. We uh, are told that this man is named Sidney. Yeah. We, yeah. He, he was supposed to like dig up information about her and what he found was oh she was in the foster system. She you know she doesn't really stick around too much. She had some like youth problems but she's been pretty clean since then yeah that's it that's all we got oh i'll 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 keep looking i'll keep looking oh he did bring up an interesting point so it looks like she had henry and phoenix how'd he get to maine who knows we'll find out later maybe we'll find out later uh so we cut to the um the uh the diner scene the fantasy waffle house in which i would like to complain about emma's hair Okay. May I complain about Emma's hair? I I want this. We've already done this. This is the crunchiest this woman's golden locks look so far. 
Like, I understand that, again, she doesn't have her own curling iron with her. Have we talked about that? How she doesn't have her own curling iron? Yeah, but this is supposed to be, like, right after the last scene. And her hair is freshly curled and sprayed. It hasn't even fallen yet. I guess she borrowed, maybe she borrowed one from Granny? I don't know. I don't know. It's an all or red. She borrowed it from red. It's an an all-service bed and breakfast. Yes. And uh, her, but her hair is crunchy. She hasn't even, like, finger combed them through. And uh, sorry, that was my complaint. You have complaints about the jacket. I have complaints about the hair. Yeah, I have. Ja- I have complaints about color grading and the jacket. Oh snap! I need to wind back to the scene we hate because oh. I want to point out something um, from the first scene where we're sitting by the fireside with Maleficent and Regina. I had to catch myself. Evil Queen. She's not even Regina yeah. in that scene. So we have gone from like this magenta to like a deep indigo, which is either. A brilliant nod to uh, for her dress. So it's either a brilliant nod to the original story, uh, not the original story, but the Disney version of Sleeping Beauty, where the dress changes from pink to blue, from pink to blue, or it's a color grading disaster because we wanted the scene to look cooler and her dress has completely changed from fuchsia to indigo and it bothers me it looks like a different color it looks like almost a different dress it's the same dress but the color is so dramatically different and it irritates me and i was watching it i rewound it to make sure i wasn't losing my mind that's that dark filter yeah and i'm just like okay bad color grading speaking of bad color grading emma's jacket Uh, yeah so anywho Back to what we were trying to talk about, which is... Mads thinks the jacket in this scene is is a different shade of red than it is in the other scenes. Yeah, it's anytime we're not focusing on Emma, her jacket is much more like of a burgundy or a brown. It's still red, but it's not near as like candy apple that's red. In, that's in fluorescent lights. We'll see. We'll see. But right. uh, she thinks that the uh, hot hipster sheriff is buying her a drink. Also, you know? uh, I'm okay with that. Why, yeah, why same. I'd be okay with that. And she okay goes in to, to be like, I don't need your drink, but thanks for asking. Also, thanks for putting cinnamon on it. Not many people know I like it that way. It's a quirk. No, but... she... <laughs> it's not a quirk for her. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but no, it's not the hot hipster sheriff buying her a drink. It's her kid. Who's right behind him. Who's Ruby's, Ruby's head was blocking. I would like to say, Ruby delivers this line, you have an admirer, while handing this, this cocoa to Emma. And the first time Mads and I watched this together, we both said, and it's me. And it's me. <laughs> uh, anytime, honestly, early in the sh- season. We ship series. lots of the women together, yeah. don't we? Yeah. <laughs> but pretty much like 90% of the women on the show, like every time they pop up, I'm like, give me your pronouns. I just want to know how gay I am. So the, they have this big, cute, awkward flirtation where Graham like makes a joke that I find very cute. Yeah. Um, but then he has to explain that it's a joke to Emma because she's not having it because she doesn't want to flirt, but she does. It's very cute. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, oh, it's good. You've decided to stay. It's good news for our tourist business, but bad news for our local signage. And I love it. eyes are rolling so hard. Mads rolled their eyes so hard. But I, again, work in the traffic industry and I'm like, ha! <laughs> Sorry. I, had, yeah. I thought it was cute it and was endearing. Cute. And I love Graham. Graham hearts. Yes. I'm, we cut to, just basically from there, we progress to a really nice uh, info dump that doesn't feel too much like a pile of exposition. Starting or- with Henry Like Cinnamon 2. Yeah, starting with Henry Likes Cinnamon 2, which is really cute and endearing. And it's kind of establishing that liking cinnamon is genetic. 
Yeah. Um, so I like cinnamon and cayenne in my uh, cocoa, so maybe I Oh also, my god, are you? I might be the chosen one. Look at you! <laughs> but yeah, we get to uh, side and we're walking and this is where I complain about the color grading. But we get this really good info dump about how the curse works. And I really like the continuity of this, where they establish people don't really remember. They've been in sort of a haze for decades. Time has been frozen the clock moving forward maybe that's changing and that allows some opportunities for character growth which is which is really great it's good storytelling and it's it's good uh world building and i I really like it and this is where henry names their plan to help the town operation cobra why is it called operation cobra that doesn't sound anything like a fairy tale exactly that's the point that's good. Th- that's good thinking from a ten year old. I, I, I love it. So dumb that I like it. I freaking love it. Uh, we also had the. Um, I'm not going to pick on a ten year old, but it wasn't the best line. <laughs> Slash apple throwing. Give, which was the uh, don't eat that apple throw. He I'm just like, thro- chucks this apple over his shoulder, and we don't like. I I think it would be funny if it hit someone, but we do hear a thud. Um, because I have I have surround in here, and I'm like, oh dang, I heard that thud. I think that this is also proof that he is related to Prince Charming. <laughs> hey, Chuck. hey, don't eat that. <laughs> Be Chuck. <laughs> so all their all their pasts are hazy. Yes. Like if you ask someone too much detail about their past, they won't be able to really. Yeah. Answer it is what we get from the yeah. town for this, which I find horrifying. Yeah, that's kind of terrifying. Oh, and this is where he reveals that she is the daughter of Snow White and Prince Charming. Yes, and that's important in the following scene as we go. And he gives her the missing pages. Oh, yes, he gives her the missing They're pages. They're very dangerous. Don't let Regina see them. These yes. are very dangerous. These are just for you. You're the only one who can help us. She finds out. If she finds out who Emma is... We're all done for. It's bad. Yeah. And Emma doesn't carry a, a purse or a bag of any kind, so she's just going to walk around with these pages rolled up. rolled up. And she does. And they'll stay in great condition for mm-hmm. prop reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew you'd believe me. I never said I did. Why else would you be here? And he runs off to school. Yeah. <laughs> so we get this really cute exchange with Snow and Emma, which, again, I love their chemistry. It's very sisterly. And this is where Emma finds out. That Henry believes that she is Snow White. That Mary Margaret, I called her Snow at the start of the scene, but yeah, that Mary Margaret is Snow White. And Emma's like, huh. Yeah, she has this horrified look on her face. It's also where she finds out that, you know, she's like, she's talking about how Regina has no people skills. How did she get elected? And she's like, oh God, she's been mayor as long as I can remember, which let's look at Mary Margaret's age. Let's look at Regina's age. Yeah. They're the same age. They're the same age. Well, they're they're not the same age, but they're yeah. the actresses are the same age, but the characters have at least a ten year age gap. Yeah, this is also the scene where I had to process okay, like so Yeah. So, which proves that the histories are hazy. And this is the thing that I'm just like, wow, so kinda they are related through marriage. But Regina is Snow, Margaret Margaret's stepmother so that makes emma technically regina's step granddaughter and henry her step great grandson so these people are already all kinds of interrelated which tracks it sounds very europe yeah yeah, (laughs) Um, and everyone is the same age except henry i'm like Okay, great, great. Because time has stopped for everyone except Henry, who was born here. This lets us put everyone at that, like, peak hot TV age, which is, like, late 20s, early 30s. Like, like, Like me. Like us. Like us. Perfect. 
Yeah. Perfect. That's why I keep bangs. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love how many times I just write meaningful Emma face. The actress has a very good, like, stunned, this is a meaningful moment face. And, and Regina does it, too. They both yeah. have very good, like, stunned reaction faces. And I just write it every time. Yeah. So in the, in the first oh. scene with Emma and uh, Regina... Uh, Regina had established that Henry's in therapy. So this is clearly the next place Emma is going to go. She's going to learn a little bit about Henry by visiting his therapist. He is way too smooth with handing off this folder. And then he starts to get like anxious and nervous. And this should be a red flag for us. Well, this should be a red flag for us in general. Because I will say once again... This whole scene shouldn't have happened if Emma has a superpower in which she can tell when people are lying or being deceitful. Because it turns out that this whole scene is Arch- a setup. This whole scene is a setup for Archie to give her these files. It does establish one very important detail, and I think Archie is the character they needed to say this line when Emma says that it's crazy. And she uses the word crazy. And Archie looks genuinely taken aback and he just says i hope that you don't use that kind of language in front of him because it can be very damaging this book helps him work through his problems you know and so when we also discovered that he's been in therapy longer than the book's been in his possession and she's like oh so these problems are regina and he says every time she tries to do something to bond with him it ends up pushing him away and i don't think that's to me that's not a reflection on her that's a reflection on they have a fraught relationship And part of that may be because there's some disconnect with the adoption that he has issues to process through. It's it's a it's a hard situation. It's really I will also pull back to fairy tale time. It's part of the curse. It's her part of the curse, her part price to pay, that void that she cannot fill. She is trying to have this relationship with her son, and for some reason, she cannot make it work. And I would say that might be part of her side of the curse. I really like that interpretation. It's sort of like why I think the reason that Granny and Red don't get along is part of the curse. Because later on, we'll watch their backstory episode. They're really close. She's a great doting granddaughter. Granny is very kind. And I think that bickering is actually a reflection of the curse. Because <laughs> no one's supposed to be happy. No one's supposed no one to be happy. No one gets a happy ending. Right. That's, that's yes. I, right. Yes. 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 So um, there's some continuity. Thank you, Once Upon a Time. Thank you, Once Upon a Time. When you get it right, you get it right. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it was on purpose. I'm still mad about (laughs) the superpower just being dropped this whole episode. It's the second episode. It was the major plot of episode one. It's the reason she stayed. And I get that she just wants to believe the best in everyone, but that's against character for her. Yeah. Next scene is Emma reading about Henry from his file that she's acquired from Archie, which, shoes off the bed, Emma. Who raised... Oh. <laughs> Sorry. But they're such good boots. Uh, and we get her second it's, arrest it's that's a coming good thing into she, the sound. It's a good thing she still had them on because she immediately gets arrested for yes. stealing these files that were handed to her. Right. And, which, in this, yeah. which, poor poor Graham, he's so upset to be there. But he's got to do his job. And she's like, I'm being set up. He's like, who would set you up? And we flash to Regina's confident legs, strolling <laughs> legally down a sidewalk. <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about best dress in this episode. And this, oh, I, I want this dress. Oh. I want this dress. I, I would look at See, this was not my favorite dress. I, I think it's so simple. It looks good on her. And I really like the uh, the gold pendant and the jacket. It's it's here. From, we'll fair. talk about it in a minute. I didn't think it did good things for her figure. Which is hard to do. She's gorgeous. Yeah. We jump pretty quickly through this. We I have the scene where she's getting her mug shots. Again. 
again. It's conscious this time. Good for her. <laughs> moving on up. Um, <laughs> the Regina bursts into Henry's outdoor class. <laughs> uh, Regina bursting into Henry's outdoor class, which does prompt. Which is before the mugshots. Yes, this yes, This is yes. before the mugshots. Yeah, Regina bumps into, uh, bursts into Henry's outdoor class because it's such a nice gray overcast day in Maine. Let's have class outside. Yeah, who needs school protocols? Let me just go pull my son out of his class because I know they're outside. Yeah, she shows up. She, she, and I really like how she delivers this line. She's sympathetically gloating. She's sympathetically gloating, and Henry is a little turd again. I yes, I wrote that too. It's like yeah, she's a con woman who just wants to take advantage of us. She's getting all this intel, and she's a con woman here to take advantage of us. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Little turd. Ugh. <laughs> um, but that's what prompts. Snow and uh, uh, Henry to go with Mary bail, Margaret with yeah Mary Margaret and Henry to to bail out Emma. But before we that we get we do that we do we do get this really nice scene Ooh. where and it's it's another line that I read as this isn't your dad's Disney, um, but also that is a little bit foreshadowing when. Emma is prompting Graham about, like, I I think this is a setup. I mean, she has her hands in everything. And Graham acknowledges that she has her hands in everything. She being Regina. And Emma says, even the police force? And he just, like, looks and is saved by the Henry running in with Mary Margaret. Yes. Saved um, by the 10-year-old. I I think that line works on a couple levels. That is some foreshadowing. Yeah. Yes. I do canonically think, and please, you give me the indication if I have to cut this out. But I do think that Regina pegged Graham. God, yes. <laughs> Good for him. Good, Good for, for them. Good for them. Well, well, well no. We'll address that. that. We'll roll uh, that back. No, not. No. Ooh. Yeah. Uh. Um, so bailed out by Blanford. Boom escalation. We have now Emma outside with a chainsaw <laughs> chopping down Regina's just a limb. A, just from, a big limb. Just a big limb from Regina's. Regina's At least Regina's, you said her name. <laughs> Regina's uh, honey crisp. Now here's the funny tree. part. This is actually an arrestable offense because this is public property. This is city property. This is an actual arrestable offense that she commits after just getting bailed out. And her response to Regina is, your move. I love it. And it does get brought up later. And she does try to get her arrested for this. Uh, This is also the scene where uh, I begin to ship Swan Queen intensely. Tell me about Swan Queen, will you? So Swan Queen is uh, is a ship name. It's uh, people who think that these two would make a better couple if they would stop fighting, which I agree. Especially after this season when Regina isn't necessarily the villain, not to spoil a lot, but she, you know, things things change and progress over the course of this show. I think that they should just kiss. There are so many moments in this show where they're kissing, because again, the cast of this show is probably why I watched this show so long. Because the chemistry of the cast of this show is so good. They are so in it, and it's obvious they all get along with each other. Every scene that Regina as Regina and Emma have together, where they're like playing nice, is so jumping into these levels of vulnerability and opening up to each other. And it's definitely like co-parent, co-parent. Co-parent, co-parent. Be two mommies, be two mommies. (laughs) But it's it's true, and I will admit full on that uh, I will read queer subtext into anything, particularly the look 
that Regina gives uh, Emma before she says your move, which is so like, oh, sort of turned on. Yeah, it's like a worthy (laughs) opponent. I'm like, ooh, (laughs) get you a woman who looks at you like that. It's it's great. I just I want them to be a couple and Henry to have two parents who love, hate each other. Like I grew up with two parents who hate each other. And I don't feel like it's spoilery to say that this this chemistry between the two of them where at any moment you think they could just make out and decide to make it happen to make it work together as a couple this never goes away even if they get into other relationships they still have this like sort of tensiony i don't know could it you think it could i don't know i believe in this will they won't they yes and so does most of twitter from what i can tell yes God bless Twitter and Tumblr for the best gifts. Not to date myself too much, but but back back in the day, this is like way early YouTube and even before YTube, we would have uh, uh, .avi files of the anime <laughs> characters we liked looking longingly at each other while Evanescence played in the background. And we would distribute this over the lime wire. And Ooh. Ooh. Not to date myself, but I never got into Tumblr because I had a live journal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're the target demographic for this show. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to advance to Back to the Enchanted Forest. Oh, Butler's giving a good pep talk. Good pep talk from the butler. He's Why the only he one so who tries to protect her. Oh, and I'm... she knows this. It's really sweet. And he tells it's her... It's really sweet. Yeah, he tells her she, she needs to go talk to the person who made the curse. Yeah. To figure so, out why it didn't work. Cut to, once again, my favorite character to hate on this show, Rumpelstiltskin. There he is. He recognizes her as she's there, transfigured into a rat. Yes. And she pops out of rat form and cracks her neck. So, oh. She oh. said it and I had to do it. <laughs> I tried. I couldn't. And so they have a very close face-to-face talk. There's so many times in this scene where it looks like they're about to kiss each other in a grotesque way. It's, it bothered me because, like, from one angle, they're, like, right next to each other. And then from another, they're, like, two feet apart. And I'm like, but oh, damn it. This is, this is very much um, in the, I don't know how to say this, where sinister and sexy have a lot of things in common. Yes, as a as a, as a queer person who grew up with Disney, yes, I am always horny for villains. There you go. Um, and these are two in the same scene, and they're yeah. face to face. Except for Rumpel does nothing. For oh, he's me not that. sexy I, in this scene. No, he's I, he's gross through the whole show for me. But I do love watching this actor chew the scenery. Oh, he's so good. And we get other critical world building here for, I have, the, for yeah, the franchise. We have one of the best delivery of everything. But we'll get to that when we get to it in the plot. I will stop yeah. you when we get to it. Um, the, the great world building, which is all curses can be broken. All curses can be broken. No matter it's, how powerful the curse, it can be broken. Yes. She, you know, she tells him, oh, well, I sacrificed the heart of my steed. Before he, he will before he will answer this, he gets something from her. He yes. gets the price. He won't yes. explain to her what happened unless he gets comfort and a good life. And she will heed to every request that he says, if he says, Please. And here's where my favorite line delivery comes in. I just love the way he she says, says if I succeed, you won't remember any of this. And he goes, oh, well, then what's the harm? <laughs> I, I, I love this whole moment. The way he's like, I want comfort. And he like the way he licks his lips. And because he's they've done all this makeup on him, he's so gold. And his like little tiny pink tongue darting out of his mouth before he says, please, when he scrunches his face. It's it's just like. 
it's really great. Like this guy, again, I say oh, he so knows what kind of role he's in and what kind of show he's on and he takes it up to 11. He's, he's so one of my favorite actors on the show. He's so good. God, this um, cast. Just the way he just, please. Yeah, and he's, like, he's building up to this be this big old thing and it's just, he just wants to say please and she has to listen. But uh, yeah, she establishes that this is, uh, he, he establishes to her that like what she sacrificed wasn't enough. This is the dark curse. You he like gets in her face and like he grabs her face. Her. Yeah. It's, oh. it's really unsettling. You have to sacrifice the heart of the thing you love most. What and I love most died because of Snow White. Is there nothing else you truly love? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> then she has this meaningful look. And then yeah. we... Uh, then it's vengeance. It's never easy. How far are you willing to go? And she says, as far as it takes. You know what you love. Now go kill it. <laughs> <laughs> such a good bad line. I love it. I, I really like it. It's such a good line. It's, well, it's I say bad line because it is like an evil thing. It's an evil thing. And it's also, it's very camp. It's very over the top. But it oh, fits the, it. the tone and the setting. It fits him. It's so good. Yes. Like bad lines from him make sense because they're in character. Like, you know what I mean? If anyone yeah. else had said that, it'd have been the cheesiest, dumbest thing. Like if Maleficent had said that, we'd be like, ugh. But yeah. because Rumpelstiltskin said it, you're like, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to get into a scene that I find really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like on a deep level. We've advanced the cat and mouse game. So this is where Regina has now is now springing her response. Emma is being evicted from her from her flat wherever she's staying. Granny had to go tell her they have a no felons rule. It's a city ordinance. Which she wasn't a felon. She was arrested. She hasn't actually she had... She was convicted. No, yeah. yeah, no. Whatever. Regina wants Emma arrested again for destroy, destruction of city property. And this is where Graham tries to talk some sense into her. And that's, she says, remember who made you sheriff? Yeah. Mm. And that's when we get that validation. And yes. He, he does also say that he knows Emma was set up. Yeah. And that's whenever she reminds him who made him mayor. And Henry's only going to get... sheriff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry's only going to get hurt if this keeps escalating. And then when we cut to Emma walking to her car. Which is now booted. There's a which boot. It's a nice callback <laughs> to her first scene. And she calls Regina. No, no, Regina calls her. Regina calls Regina her. Regina calls her. Let's make peace. Why don't you drive over to my office? And then we see another shot of her looking at her car with the boot on it. Or walk. Whatever suits you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of barbs exchanged. But what this is the scene that bothers me. It's the truce. It's the truce. Because... Emma is being very vulnerable here and very honest. Yes. And this is where she's just letting that superpower lapse entirely. But she's being very upfront. And Regina starts off seemingly sincere. Yeah. And And she's afraid that Emma's here to take Henry away from her. Emma says, well, the things he believes, it's crazy. Which Henry is there. He hears and he runs off angry. You think I'm crazy. And he runs off. And she's like, you knew he was going to be there. How long was he there? Oh, long enough. You think I don't know that my son shows up at exactly this time, right before his therapy lessons for me to take him to dinner? I am his mother. Your move. Yeah. The thing that bothers me about this scene you is have- <laughs> that she is willing to hurt Henry. Yes. This this is like a problem for me with the show. Yes. Because I do believe Regina genuinely loves Henry. But at this point in the show, and at this point in the episode particularly, it, it really upset. It like really, really bothers me. And it calls into how Emma's going to feel for the rest of the episode about like Henry's going to get hurt if I stay here. 
Yeah. Um, because she, his mother is willing to hurt him. He's going to need more therapy because she's there. She she shoots a barb at Regina. It's like, you have no soul. How the hell did you get this way? She's conflicted. She's conflicted. She's running up the hall. She's power walking through the hall. You know, which, in the Enchanted Forest. Yes, of the Enchanted Forest, which she's not running in heels on grass this time. So she's like, sorry, I love the wind she, earlier in the episode when she burst out with Emma with the chainsaw. The frenetic that energy run. she had. Oh, that run! <laughs> uh, when she's coming up this hall, it is a different person. She is, I mean, glass just popping up. My queen, my queen, my queen. Oh, yeah. The mirror is it's trying to, to get her yeah. attention. The butler finally gets to talk to her. And the shoe drops. She says it has to be the heart of someone I truly love. And he takes a beat. And you see him in the background. He's blurry in the background. But you see his. this actor is amazing. Uh, the guy who plays the butler is so amazing. Because he had like this sort of hunched posture. And when she says it has to be the heart of the person I truly love, you see him in the background just slowly move an inch. His posture straightens up a little bit as he realizes it's his heart she needs. Because, Daddy, I don't know what to do. And Lana is acting the hell out of this Lana scene. is amazing. She's doing she's doing such beautiful work. This scene to the me... The butler is too. It is, it is a painful scene. This is a painful scene. It's a painful scene he... because we, the audience know what's going to happen even though it, it's going to be a surprise yeah but we know what's going to we happen. already know what happened we already know the dark curse was enacted the dark we curse already was know what she did and we've got 10 minutes left in the episode so we know he does do it. he does this beautiful effort of trying to convince her that it's okay to grieve without getting vengeance you can find love again it's not something that'll be gone oh hey motorcycle yeah, our neighbors are letting us know they have big dongs <laughs> So he he says, he once again reminds her that the price of this curse is a hole that will never be able to be filled. Why do it? And he's just trying to convince her that she can find happiness again. And she tells him that she's worried that she's going to lose her powers. People already don't respect her. And if this keeps on, she could lose all of her powers. And he says, power is seductive, but so is love. And you can have that again. And he tries to convince her that they can go somewhere else and they can find happiness together again. And she can find love. The choice is ultimately up to her. He's full of loving and optimism. And he trusts his daughter to do the right thing. And she doesn't. And she doesn't. She says, I'm sorry, after she rips his heart out. This whole scene breaks my heart because I watch her make a decision. I don't think she believes that she can have love without having her power. I don't think that she believes that she is capable or worthy on a certain level. It hurts. And it's uh, you're watching a character who I think does have, at her core, good motivations... Not good mm. motivations, but intense motivations, and intense. Who's I dealing agree with, with a lot of who's dealing with a lot of inner turmoil and pa- turmoil and pain. And it's really hard to watch her go through this, you know. And, and it makes me so sad. I, I I feel for this character. I empathize for this character. It probably is partially because of how damn good this actress is. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's really she brings a level of pathos to this role mm-hmm. that I think someone else. It wouldn't. It wouldn't carry through. I mean, this. This like she turns to him for comfort and support, and here's the guy who knows he's a. He's hoping he isn't about to be killed by his daughter, but and he on another level he knows he's about to be killed by his daughter, and he still chooses to comfort her. And it's not because love. it's and not I because hate. he's afraid of dying. 
And I, I feel wants, like it's very clear. He just wants her to be happy. He wants her to be happy. It's not because he's afraid of dying. It's because he believes if she does this, it's going to hurt her even worse. It has nothing yes. to do with him. He's worried and about that void she can't fill. Because if she could be happy, I have no doubt that this man would willingly die. Mm-hmm. If he believed that this would bring her happiness, there is not a doubt in my mind. It's it's sad and it's heart. I mean, it's heart wrenching. It's yeah. And she's not as good a parent as her father. No. Just gonna say that. Yeah, and I think that's because she doesn't know how. Yes. You know, I, I think that... Uh, she's so warped by power. She's warped by power and anger. And grief. Yeah. Grief that she's not allowing herself to grieve. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's allowing herself to grieve by getting vengeance, but that's not the same as grieving. So, back in Storybrooke, we get to see probably my favorite set on the show. <gasps> Mary Margaret's house! Her Actually, apartment. We we didn't get to talk about it. So before we do this, let's go back a bit. Okay. And let's talk about a set. Okay. I really because there's a lot of neat stuff in it. Let's talk about Regina's office. <gasps> I'm dressed like Regina's office. The strict black and white, I think, is intentional, not just to evoke the Absolutely. enchanted forest, but also to evoke how Regina sees things. Yes, everything's in black and white. Everything is very stark. There's good and evil. I love that on her mantle, she has a big white stallion. <laughs> yeah, there and are mirrors. In the place of honor, there's a there's a big, beautiful mirror. I also noticed that there's a uh, this like vase with like multiple faces on it, which to me makes me think of how all these people have multiple people within them. Like it's that. just, it's really good set design. Like- I, I've always like it. Always struck me that her the wall the wallpaper is just something I've been in love with since this episode when oh, we yeah. first saw her office, and it is this black and white woodland tree motif on this wallpaper. She's got birch trees. She's got birch logs oh, God, by the I fireplace. I love this office. I want my whole house to look like this office. It's it's a. Can uh, we make my office look like this office? Yes, we can do this. Mm. It's a uh, it's a point of contention between my husband and I. I love birch, and he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how stark it is, and it makes me think of winter. Your house is too colorful. I'm not sure it would fit the mood. It, w- it wouldn't fit in our house. It would look like a zebra. I mean, it's not your fault the house is too colorful. It would look like a zebra. I mispronounced zebra. Zebra? Zebra. <laughs> oh, so but yeah. Yes. No, Mary beautiful. Margaret's shabby chic apartment. It's so cute. It's really She's cute. She's cross stitching. <laughs> <laughs> I love how prematurely old she is. She was. She's the OG hipster. I love her. Living in her shabby chic Etsy style apartment. Warehouse walls. Stitching. Yeah. Warehouse like, painted walls. Oh. I love this place. And this is where we get your favorite. Oh, she so so Emma comes back to bring to refund the bail money or repay the bail money. And it looks like she wants to talk, so Mary Margaret invites her in, gives her hot cocoa with cinnamon on it, which Emma notices. Emma at this point has already figured out that this is apparently supposed to be her mother. She, you know, yeah. It's very confusing. She doesn't know if she believes or doesn't believe. But the cinnamon on it makes her confused. And Mary Margaret's like, oh, sorry, I should have asked. It's a little quirk of mine. Tying back to her, tying back to Henry. It's really sweet. But also only white people would consider having cinnamon on your cocoa a quirk. That's a very white person quirk. Because as, as a white people, I, I agree with that. Cinnamon belongs on cocoa. Like It's so good. Like I've said, I like cayenne or chili powder in my cocoa mm-hmm. with cinnamon. That's how you serve it. Like it's got that, that complexity of flavor. That it's, one gelato from our local place that has the uh, chocolate and the cayenne mixed in. Oh. But yeah, it's it's a really great scene between these two women. Why do you trust me? I just feel like we've met before. Very important. 
talking saying very important that things you already know are very yeah. important i apologize no, no, no. it was just very i was i was talking to the audience not yeah. necessarily to you and i think that's reflective for us as the audience to the curses beginning to lift and uh emma bringing that change yeah. it's i'm talking really like down for this episode just because it's so it's so well, heartfelt well you're yes this was this was like a very heart into no oh, pun this was a very heart intensive episode yes this is the scene where emma tells mary margaret she's leaving in order to protect henry which is where mary margaret says that's exactly why i think you should stay because if you leave who will protect henry and at this stage i i feel that way i think that Regina has shown that she's willing to hurt Henry, which again, bothers me a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that this means that she doesn't love him. I think she believes she loves him. Her love, her idea of love is warped by power. Her idea of love is warped by power and warped by anger. She needs therapy. She needs therapy about as much as her son does. They should actually probably have couples therapy. Family therapy. Family therapy. That's what it's called. Yeah. I'm very new to the therapy game. I'm a, uh, I was a child and family studies major. Uh, I focused a lot on family dynamics and power dynamics between parents and their children. My undergrad, it's knowing my family. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I love my family a lot. But we have, you know, we yeah. have our own fraught issues. And so it was like a thing that attracted me. And so watching this show, I remember it's a it's a problem. It's, it's generational trauma. Mm-hmm. We won't learn, not to spoil too much, but... We'll learn how that's generational trauma. They've got some generational trauma. Much later just, in the just show. Just from what we know. Well, and Just from what we know already, it. we have some generational trauma. We get a very good hint at it early, which makes me happy because I love that world building early on. Mm-hmm. What is Regina's surname? Mills. Mills. <laughs> I had to think for a second. I was like, Mills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll hit, so, uh, put a pin in that. So speaking of therapy... The next shot is Henry in Archie's office. Archie wants to try to engage Henry in, um, well, tell me, is this why you think that I am Jiminy Cricket? And Henry's like, I don't think you're anyone because he's so heartbroken that Emma doesn't believe him anymore, yeah. that he's going to try to give it all up. And she bursts into the office in the middle of his therapy session to, con- to convince him that she thinks the curse is crazy, not him. And bring him back to her. She gives a good line here again, uh, Mm -hmm. which is just because it's crazy doesn't mean it's real. Doesn't mean it's not real. Doesn't mean it's not real. Yes. Yes. She wants him to know that she's on his side. And he's like, well, what about all that stuff you told my mom? She's like, I told her what she needed to know. Which, you know, valid. Yeah. That's a good way to get out of it. It's a direct lie. It is a direct lie. She lies to him, but it's one of those good lies. It's it's what he needs to hear. It's what he needs to hear. So there's manipulation on both sides. Both moms. Both moms. He gets he comes by it. He just can't lie as well as either of his moms. Yeah. So they she agrees that they've got to trick the evil queen into thinking they're non-believers to throw her off the trail and she burns those last few pages and she's going to go through with Operation Cobra and re-earns his trust. Yeah. And on the pages it's a nice detail that they show that she's wrapped in this little green blanket that says Emma on it, mm-hmm. which Granny was knitting in the first scene. Look at you catching that detail. Um, I didn't catch that. I don't believe in the show we've established that when she was found, it was with a blanket that said Emma on it. It might have been. I'm not sure. uh, It's going to come up very soon. I know that they, I know it gets mentioned and I know she talks about being abandoned on the side of the road. But they're they're making a big point of showing us the audience that for that later, if it Mm -hmm. hasn't been established yet, that's also where I believe Emma doesn't necessarily believe 
completely. Oh, she doesn't. But her, she's still not there yet. She's the door's opening. Yes, to a she, degree. She's gonna. She's going to suspend her disbelief. Yes. To to help Henry not be hurt anymore. Yes. We burn the pages. We cut over to the queen sacrificing uh, her father's heart. The queen sacrificing her father's heart, and I have some some questions about when this is happening. The outfit's the same. No, the outfit's not. Is the, the same. outfit different? I made a note. Oh, I wrote in all caps. Post. Oh. I wrote in all caps. Post patricidal costume change. You're right. You know why you're right? Because he's already buried with a gravestone. He's already buried with a gravestone, um, which we'll she see took in a her second. time to air quotes again mourn. But she's got a high collar. Oh, she's yeah. got a different feather cloak because her previous feather cloak had well, red feathers in the back. This well, one is a full wrap around, and her hair is bigger ooh, and up. Mm-hmm. And we've lost lace bangs. Okay. We're not in a. Ponytail. Well, it had to be a more extreme look because originally she had picked her extreme look for her This is My Wrath coming to fruition. Yeah. That didn't work. She needed a completely new, bigger outfit for it. So she she puts the heart in. It works. The curse is enacted. We see the curse enact. She takes a walk to a gravestone in her new, big, amazing outfit and says, I love you, Daddy. Right by the fire where her evil curse well, is it's, happening. It's a little, it's a little walk. It's a little walk. <laughs> there was a cut. And the gravestone says, Henry, beloved father. She named her son after her father, who died for her. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I. It's heavy. It's This it's, episode was heavy because her backstory had to be dark. And I really like that, again, it's dark, but it's empathetic. We understand her motivations, even though they're not good, even though she is the evil queen this this is what made it very hard for me to see like whenever they started originally trying to turn her around and soften her this is the scene in my mind i kept coming back to with her it's going to be hard to redeem this character because i i can't you know i'm 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 on the good spectrum i can't imagine sacrificing a parent for my own happiness For for this, I think this is uh this is to show regret. That's fair. Like I I think that this is this scene and the I'm sorry are meant to show that almost immediately after doing this, mm. she's gonna follow through on it. Mm. But that for me <laughs> that she does feel remorse. Eh. I mean, because it's the person that she loved most who is still alive. Yes, she has regret that she had to do it, but she still did it. And she's still an evil queen. Now, cutting back to the final scene of this episode. Emma walks Henry home. Emma, oh, second to final scene. Emma walks no, no, that's Henry it. Home. That's it. And then it's the next scene. That's all we see yeah. is Emma walks Henry home. Emma walks Henry home. We have Mr. Gold and Regina. Regina's cleaning up the tree debris, which... Uh, but she's happily cleaning up the tree debris. She's happily cleaning up tree debris, which I can't empathize with uh, living in South Louisiana. Jesus. Zeta! I have one more limb left on that water oak tree. One. We're not going to be specific about our location at this time, but if you're wondering, Elaine and I live in the cone of uncertainty full time. For 2020. The 2020 (laughs) cone of uncertainty. We've been hit more times than Florida. We've been hit more times than Florida. I moved away from tornadoes to get this crap. I'm I'm so done. Being a homeowner 
and having how many hurricanes in our first year? Because it started with Barry. It's Daryl's first year. It started with Barry, and and then we've had several. Just waiting for one more to hit us, and for that tree in my backyard behind my shed that has crunched my shed to be gone. Cleaning up limbs. Sorry, cleaning up limbs, right. Sorry. Uh, We get this nice tete-a-tete with uh, Regina and Mr. Gold. Uh, Mr. Gold knows. Well, well. At this point. Wait, wait. Go ahead. So Regina's happy. Because Regina she thinks happy. that she's finally convinced him to leave. And Mr. Yes. Gold's the one who breaks the news. Oh, I just saw you, her and your boy being very chummy walking down the street. And the, so she's angry again. And he's like, you could have come to me. And she says, I think my days of making deals with you are over. And he's like, which deal is that? And she has this moment where she like straightens up and she goes, you know the one. He's like, oh, right. I procured your boy for you, which ties into Sydney's question. Where? How did, how did he, he get, get here, here from Phoenix? Yeah. And, in this scene, I feel like Regina is trying to work out if Gold knows. Yes. So so you are of the impression that Regina remembers her past. Yes. Okay. 100%. Valid. Valid. She's a very good actress, so I can't tell. Like, for me, I think she remembers her past. She knows everything and mm-hmm. is trying to maintain the illusion and so in this scene with uh with gold i feel very strongly that she's trying to work out if he knows <gasps> lovely name how'd you pick it yeah <laughs> no there's a there's a line towards the end that confirms for her that he knows uh, she's yes it's a tell me what you know no excuse me and she's standing in his way and he goes please and she's immobilized she cannot move out of his way she cannot argue with him and he takes a bite of his apple walks around her and throws it over his shoulder he knows he knows stunned regina face end end of episode so uh we've gone on for a while wait i have now i have some post notes um, okay. How infuriating do you think it is for Regina that Henry looks most like his grandmother, Snow White? <laughs> you know what? Probably very frustrating. But I don't but think she it doesn't is know yet. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She doesn't know yet. That Emma yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah, she but does it's not so know. It's funny to me whenever I was looking at the actors and I was like, who does this child actor look most like? Oh, Mary Margaret and her pixie cut. In review, how would you rate this episode? Hmm. What's our rating device this week? Father's Hearts? Uh, I would give I this know. four red delicious apples out of five. There you go. There you go. I, I, would, I would also do four red delicious disguised as honey crisp apples out of five you know that's how i knew she was evil passing off honey crisp uh, red delicious as honey crisp and and the only things that bring this is a this episode good episode down, yeah it's a good episode i think the only thing that brings it down is the roughness of the maleficent scene the maleficent scene was a big letdown because you think witch fight these are like two of the biggest witches in our like those of us who grew up on disney princess movies these are two of the big bad witches like the the queen that takes out snow tries to take out snow white transforms herself into a, a hideous old woman who is helpless like she she does go to big ends but to her own end yeah but this is i have i have to accept this isn't buffy this is an angel this is this show is more about the drama and oh, it's and the about plotting. how they're people. Yeah, it's like Walking Dead isn't about the zombies; it's about the people. Yeah, but I want to see some violence, and that it was, fight was not it. That fight was not it. That fight, even within the context of the show, could have been something maybe more just interesting. Fiery. 
just there anything. should have been more fire there should have been more violence there was it was barely a fight it was barely a fight and i should have felt like maleficent were was for slight spoilers for what happens with this this season i felt like maleficent should have been more of a threat yes yeah oh i just remembered what happens this season yes maleficent should have been more of a threat and that's all I'm going to say on that. And so yeah. that, for me, brings the episode down a little bit. She, and also she was the, too yeah. easily, and, and it may have been that she learned from this, She, you know, Unipony, Unipony is what got her down. Unipony yeah. is what got her down. It may have been that she learned from this, and that's what happens in later episodes. Best dressed. Ooh. Next best dressed after Regina. But no, let's do, go across the board. Let's say best I, dressed for this show. Wait, I have must have it in my previous notes. Hold on. I have it. I have it in here somewhere. Okay, who is your best dressed? Best dressed was Regina. Regina, in, obviously. In, in, the, uh, in the town of Storybrooke, in that scene Lip. where she's wearing those those black heels. Mm-hmm. And we get that great shot of legs. I love... All of this happens over like one day. Yeah. I love the gray dress. I love the little jacket. I love the, the small gold pendant. Mm-hmm. Her, her makeup is very, very crisp. Mm-hmm. I really think... She looks amazing. I agree. And uh, it's it's the best outfit of of the episode. That's a good uh, on any any person. Well, I don't enjoy that outfit out of all of her outfits. I don't like the way that the ruching in the front, like the pulling in the front, made her figure look. I will agree that it is a very like clean, good dress. I would I would also second uh, best dressed as Enchanted Forest Regina because that corset cape. High ponytail, dramatic lace bangs, leather pants thing that she's walking around in the whole time just gave me life. I am struggling to remember who I thought was next best dressed because of all of that. Uh, Graham. Graham. <laughs> Graham, I would wear every one of Graham's because outfits. Because they, the, they have that shot where she's picking up apples and trying to convince Graham to arrest Emma again. And his little vest, the buttons are puckering just right. And I he's want- got just the right amount of scruff and beard. And I'm about it. I want all of Graham's outfits. I want all of Regina's outfits. Yes. Get you a trend that can do both. Yes. <laughs> we have a now, game. Now, we're going to play a game. We, we had to cut this one in the first episode, but uh, Emma can always tell the truth. Except in this episode. Except in this episode. She can always tell when someone is lying. So I'm going to challenge Elaine to find out if she is the chosen one Uh-oh. of this episode with two truths and a lie. This one is all about goofs and continuity. Because you watched this episode four times, I thought it would be fun. Hell. So, number one, even if it were a Honeycrisp apple, Honeycrisp apples were not publicly available until well after twenty, well after the twenty years we've spent in Storybrooke. Oh no! Just because I went to an orchard doesn't mean I know all Honeycrisp facts. You established yourself as an apple officiant. I don't. I just know what they look like. Number two, continuity error where the crew can actually be seen in the mirror when no. Regina is hugging her father. <laughs> That's funny. Because it's it a is. practical mirror. And three, the umbrella prop used in the entry scene where we see uh, Archie walking through is a completely different umbrella than the one later used uh, as his big character prop in that I want to say that one. I want to say that one. That's I like one. the other two a lot, but I want to say the umbrella prop is wrong. You're correct. Huzzah! Yes. Uh, yeah, Honeycrisp apples were not available for the public to produce. They were only available from So she was growers. still lying. Yeah. 
Well, maybe not. I don't know if she got a seed. Whatever. But yeah, in the time frame of when Storybrooke apparently became a town. Yeah. No, that she could not have had Honeycrisp apples. <laughs> Isn't that a weird... You're now subscribed to Apple Facts. Apple Facts are here. Apple Facts. <laughs> Reply stopped. <laughs> and so... That concludes our episode. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be releasing episodes weekly during the month of October and early November. And then once the holiday season hits, we'll be moving to our regular release schedule, which will be every two weeks. We'll be dropping an episode for you. Hold us to that. Hold us to that. Be sure to follow us at StorybrookePod on Twitter. On Twitter. Be sure to follow us at StorybrookePod on Twitter. You can also follow me at Thirsty for Naps or by checking out my booktube, Madison Reads. R-E-A-D-S. At the time of this episode, I just dropped a a brand new episode about me uh, recommending books to my cats. And uh, right after that, I'll be reviewing Lindsay Ellis's Axiom's End, which... I gotta say, it's fantastic. I, I'm gonna be recommending you this book, Elaine, after this show. If it's an audiobook. I'm in. Also, I'm the producer of that show now. Hey! Hey! Thank you so much for uh, producing it and holding me towards a regular content delivery schedule. I shall do People my best. love to hear about content delivery schedules. Oh. Elaine, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at Mikathud, M I C K A T H U D. Or if you just want to look at pictures, you can find me on Instagram, hashtag VainElaine, V-A-I-N-E-L-A-I-N-E. My Instagram is just me like tweeting, not tweeting, posting pictures of like my garden and my cats. So if you just want to look at how pretty I am, look at the Vain Elaine hashtag. I'm there. And another Elaine who's very pretty. (laughs) There are at least two of us, maybe three. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on uh, Podbean, subscribe to the show, tell your friends about it and share it because we have no sponsors. We're on Spotify. (laughs) We're on Spotify now. Uh, We have no sponsors other than our own alcoholism and our spouses. Hey, we drink a lot less than usual. We do drink a lot less than we used to. That is to say, we can't do this show without your love and support. And we've been super grateful for the support we've had on our first episode. And we hope you like this one. Thank you. This was Storybroke. Miserably ever after. The Regina and Emma Show. <laughs> <laughs>